This is the Intimacy Podcast, formerly known as Bedroom Confidence for Good Women. You are listening to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, Episode 31, How to Create More Desire. Welcome to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, a podcast for my sisters who need some clean sex talk. It's all about real issues, real answers, and real connection. I'm your host, certified intimacy coach and instructor, Rhonda Farr. While this podcast is not rated explicit, some content may not be suitable for younger listeners. Hello, my friends. I'm so glad so many of you are joining in with me lately and reaching out. I love hearing from you. If you love hearing from me each week, please don't be afraid to let me know. A huge thank you to those of you who have left a review on iTunes for me. I read each and every one of those, and I appreciate you so much for taking the time to do that for me. I know you're busy. I know you have a lot going on. So it really does matter, and I so appreciate that. Uh, Somebody recently said in one of their iTunes reviews that I have a soothing voice and they love listening to me. You know what? I have never been told that before. (laughs) I I did used to work at this call center. I was in Provo when I was going to BYU. Uh, It was called Convergis. I don't know if that place is still there or not. I did get some funny comments when I would call in. We were calling in about credit card stuff. And sometimes people said some crazy occasionally inappropriate things to me about my accent and my voice, but nobody ever told me it was soothing. I'm going to make sure my kids know that somebody said that about me. They might not agree with you though. (laughs) Ha. Joke's on them. I believe you. All right. Anyway, if you haven't left a review yet, you still can. It would help me so much to get my content out to more people and it lets me know that you want to hear more from me. So, Make sure you do that if you can, please, and thank you. Also, just really quick, if you'd like to connect with me and see what goes on in my life behind the scenes occasionally, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Coach with Rhonda. All right, let's get to the good stuff today. I'm talking to you about a dual control model of sexual responses developed by Rick Jansen and John Bancroft at the Kinsey Institute. Now, I know that sounds a little bit boring at first. Promise you, it won't be. Trust me. (laughs) I think you're going to find their study super interesting like I did, as it takes a much closer look at desire. This is one of those concepts that make all the difference for most of my clients. I mean, isn't that what most of us are thinking when we're talking about sexuality, we're talking and thinking about our desire or perhaps anticipating the desire of our partner. Specifically today, we're going to talk about why some people may consider themselves high desire partners and some may consider themselves or their partners low desire. Or as many of my clients like to say, I just have no sex drive at all. I'm going to give you some information today that will help shed a little bit of a different light on why you might feel like you don't have any desire at all. It'll help you shed some light 
on why your partner seems to have a surplus of desire or maybe why your partner doesn't have any desire. This is something I work very specifically with, with my one-on-one clients. Because once you understand what's really going on under the surface, that's where you can start to change things if you want to. Now, some people might say, I'm low desire and I don't want to change it. That's okay. Total respect for those people, but you just probably aren't my client. (laughs) That's okay. I have a lot of friends like that and I love them dearly. By the way, everything I'm talking about today, you can read more about this whole model, this dual desire model and the concepts that I'll talk about and discuss with you today. You can read more about these things in the book, Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. Highly recommend this book if you want to learn and understand more about your body and its responses in relation to your sexuality. Now, I personally really love this concept because, as most of you know, I specialize in working on your mindset to change the intimacy in your marriage. I also teach and recommend things that you can change in your actions for sure, but I firmly believe those changes in action will never last if you don't change the mind first. And here's an interesting tidbit about that. Shortly after drugs for erectile dysfunction came out, some of the big drug companies wanted to develop a similar drug for women. Now, the studies um, in this drug, or excuse me, with erectile dysfunction drugs are very similar to others, but something that was kind of interesting was this drug that they were hoping would increase the arousal of women ultimately didn't work like the big pharma companies were hoping. But something interesting that they found from the studies were that drug dysfunction, or excuse me, erectile dysfunction drugs have one of the strongest placebo effects observed in medical research. Almost half of the participants in the placebo groups of clinical trials of this particular medication reported that the sugar pill or placebo pill really did improve their sex lives. It was a sugar pill. How is this possible? Now, I know this happens to a degree in other drug studies as well, but this was one of the strongest placebo effects that have been observed in medical research. I believe the power of the mind is an incredible thing. Could your brain really be your number one sex organ? There's no doubt in my mind that it is. So think about it. These drug study participants were taking their little pill and they were thinking about the results they hoped to get. They were looking to find positive results. And for reasons that I'll talk a little bit more about in a few minutes, when they had their brain engaged and focused on sexual desire, they actually found it. Now, some of you will say, well, yeah, that's fine and good for them, but I actually have a hormonal issue, Rhonda. I have a true medical condition that really affects me or something similar to that. Many of my clients will say, my brain just can't fix these types of things. And I'll give it to you. I won't argue that these issues can and do play a part in your sexual experiences. For many of you, there are some physiological things going on. What I want you to consider, though, is how to use your mind to work in combination with your unique physiology. That's what I do as an intimacy coach. I focus on teaching you how to utilize the most important resource at your disposal, 
your brain, and then we figure out how to make that work for your unique physiology in conjunction with the rest of your body. So we can maximize your experiences of enjoyment and connection and pleasure. So with this dual control model that we're talking about today, there are two major systems. The sexual excitation system, which I'll refer to as the sexual accelerator for today's purposes, and the sexual inhibitor system, which I'll refer to as the sexual break for today's purposes. So excitation is a go, that's the accelerator. Inhibitor is the break. That's what kind of puts things to a stop. So first, let me explain a little bit about why these systems are important, and then we'll also talk about how they work and how you can use them in your favor. Now granted, this is a very surface level overview, but for those of you who haven't heard about these systems before, I promise you, even at this surface level information that I'm giving today, it can change everything with how you see your intimate relationship. Okay, so first I want you to think about the brake and accelerator on a car. They're both good. They both serve very important functions. If we didn't have both, it would cause some serious trouble for sure. Same with our bodies. You want to do something fun really quick and feel your brakes come on in your body? I want you to think for a minute about being with your partner. Things are getting hot and heavy in the bedroom. You're both really into it. You're enjoying each other. You're connecting with each other. And then all of a sudden, you hear the door open and your mother-in-law walks in, holding your toddler's hand. Did you feel that in your body? That was your break coming on. It's important that we have it, right? Most of us don't wanna keep going hot and heavy with our mother-in-law and our child in the room. Most of us don't want to be giving a talk at church and start feeling aroused. Most of us want to be able to intentionally apply that break when we see another attractive person who isn't our spouse. The break is good, my friends. The break is on our side if we use it correctly. But the break causes a problem for us when it is always on and we really have some place we want to go. The break is a problem if we can't figure out how to release it. As I mentioned, we also have a gas pedal or an accelerator. This is what encourages us to drive forward. The sexual accelerator fuels our desire. Obviously, this is a good thing. It helps us to get where we want to go. When we're pushing the gas, we're attempting to move forward, right? So let's talk about this in terms of desire. If we don't intentionally push the gas pedal, we aren't going to be able to go anywhere. So if we want to feel physical desire, we have to learn how to accelerate intentionally. Now some of you might be thinking, all right, Rhonda, I push that accelerator when I know my partner wants it and I know it would make us both happier if we could just figure this out. I really do try. <laughs> Those of you who are thinking things like this, you are probably going to say to me, you know what? I've, I give up. This doesn't work. I've tried it. What you're telling me is nothing new and it doesn't work. Stay with me here. I want you to think about being in a car and the emergency brake is on tight or you have one foot, your left foot on that brake, the floor brake, as tight as you can. 
And I want you to think about simultaneously pushing the gas pedal. What's going to happen? You might move a tiny bit forward. There might be a sputter. Your engine's going to rev up. It's probably going to get loud. But either way, you aren't going to make much progress. Does that make sense? You'll be trying to move forward, but it won't work because that brake is still on. You'll rev the motor, you'll spin your wheels, but you'll be stuck. Now listen, if you don't know your emergency brake is on or you don't know something is pushing that brake, you're going to think there's something really wrong with your car. You're going to think it's broken. You're going to think it's defective, like you have to take it in and spend lots of money on it. I feel you. It does seem really broken and defective. Until that glorious moment when you realize, oh, all I had to do is take off the brake. <laughs> so let's go back to the bedroom with this analogy. Can you see where I'm going with this? When you have your brakes on tight, you can't move forward, even when you want to, and even when you try really hard. An example of what this might look like is, you're in bed at night and your partner starts to cuddle you and gets all handsy with you, and then you start thinking, ugh, I've been touched all day long, I'm so tired, why does he need so much physical affection? Can you see? Breaks, breaks, breaks. They're on tight. They've been on tight all day long from dealing with the house, the kids, the jobs, the school, the callings, whatever it might be. But let's just say, for these purposes, that you power through all those thoughts. You try to stay in the moment with him and you're like, okay, I'm just going to do this for him. I'll probably get off the hook for another week if I do this now. I hear women say that all the time. I just think as soon as I'm done, I have this many days until he wanted again. So you're going to try to move forward with him. You try to get in that moment. You're trying to push that accelerator. But you just leave the encounter, even if you follow through with sex, you're going to leave that encounter feeling very unfulfilled. Can you see why you're spinning your wheels? Can you see why you're revving the motor but you're not really going anyplace good? You still had your brake on tight. Just as a side note, I'm speaking in general to my wives because that's who I target with this podcast. That's who I speak to. But husbands can have the brakes on tight too. Absolutely. Many of my sisters are married to men that are less interested in sex. Men who are the low desire partner. Maybe it's from stress at work, feelings of depression, hormonal things. Who knows? But I just want you sisters to know who have a higher sex drive in your marriage or a higher desire in your marriage, you are not alone. It isn't always the wife who has the tightly clenched break. So for those of you who have been through a similar experience, as I just mentioned before, having that brake on tight and trying to press the accelerator and it not really working out for you. And you know, by the way, not only is it not working out for you, but oftentimes our partner who really were into the moment, they don't feel great either because they have all these th thoughts about you not liking it and you not wanting it and you know, them just getting pity sex. If you've been through this, you know how exhausting and painful it is to just keep on trying and never feel like you're making progress or never feel like you're measuring up to what your spouse or your marriage deserves or expects. So how do we release the brake? That's the million dollar question, right? How do we push the accelerator? This only helps us if we can figure out how to apply this to our real lives. Well, I'm so glad you asked and are interested. <laughs> I'm about to tell you. 
First of all, it's awareness. Just the understanding of what's going on in your mind and body is a powerful first step. Many people have a more sensitive break, meaning that it only takes the slightest touch of the break and it is on tight and it's really hard for you to release it. Is that you? Does one small thing set you off and you're immediately out of the mood? Many people have a super sensitive accelerator. Small things really push the gas and get them going fast. When you feel that accelerator come on, are you comfortable enough to let it stay there in the on position? Or do you feel awkward and embarrassed about it and intentionally push that brake again? You have to figure out what pushes the brakes for you and what pushes the gas pedal for you. For each person, this is gonna be a little bit different. And I know this might sound a little silly, but I think it's worth making a couple of lists. Get curious about what pushes the brakes, feel it in your body, get curious about what causes that feeling of desire, feel what that's like in your body, and just make lists. Now, for those of you who are listening and you wanna add your spouse to this conversation, Ask them if they'd be willing to sit down and apply this information and make lists together. Because here's the really cool thing. You can do this on your own, figure out what your brake and accelerator is. But what if you did this in conjunction with your spouse? And you both kind of learned what the brakes are for each other. And you both learned what the accelerator was for each other. Can you see how that can make all the difference? Just being able to visually see what's going on in our minds is so powerful for my clients. All of a sudden, they aren't broken or defective anymore. They're just collecting information to start to learn how their systems work. Now, many of my clients have learned to start early in the day releasing the brakes. For example, I'll have women who say, I do feel desire for my husband during the day sometimes, it's just by the end of the day, I don't feel like following through with it. These are the kind of things we need to start being conscious of. What made me feel that desire in the first place? What's preventing me from releasing that break? What's adding more pressure to the break? Is it work stress? Is it poopy diapers? Is it just exhaustion? Here's the thing, my friends. A sensitive break, regardless of the accelerator, regardless if you can figure out how to push the gas, a sensitive break is the strongest predictor of overall bedroom problems. We have to figure out what pushes and releases that break. After we figure these things out, we can manage them. I promise, it's true, we can. Now you're probably gonna notice throughout different phases of your life, some of these things change. That's totally normal. Again, it's just awareness of what's working for you and what isn't working for you that's key. For women especially, it's been noted that different stages of hormonal cycles influence their brain's readiness to link external cues in their environment to their internal arousal. So basically what that means is at different times of the month, your brake and your, your accelerator might work slightly different and that's okay. Once you start to get aware of that, you'll know. Sometimes men can experience hormonal issues as well. Same could go for them. We just need to get aware of these things so we'll know how to use this information in our favor with our physiology. Emily Nagoski says in her book, Come As You Are, that I mentioned earlier, the goal of understanding your brake and your accelerator is not to understand what men are like and what women are like, but it's to understand what you are like. 
Again, some people have super sensitive accelerators with a not so sensitive brake. Those people are probably going to be considered the high desire partners. Some people may have a super sensitive brake and a not so sensitive accelerator. These people are often referred to as low desire partners. You could have any combination in between. We just have to find the balance. Our brakes are good, our accelerators are good, they both serve a good purpose, but just as we have to understand how to use these functions to reach our destination in our vehicle, we also have to understand how to properly use these functions in our bodies to reach that pleasurable destination in our marriages. All right, my friends, that was a lot of information. I want you to go forward with confidence this week that you really can figure out how to control your inhibitor system and your excitement system. You really can re- you really can create and manipulate your feelings of desire in a way that works with your unique physiology. You aren't broken. You're not defective. You just have to figure out your triggers. You just have to create some awareness about what's going on in your mind and body. By the way, if this sounds like something you'd like to explore more with your spouse, make sure you reach out to me today at coachwithronda at rondafar.com. Ask me about intimacy coaching for couples that will change your marriage. All right, my friends, I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.